Listener supported. WNYC Studios. From WNYC Studios, I'm Brian Lehrer. This is my Daily Politics Podcast. It's Friday, June 16th. Now, sports business meets human rights. Have you heard about that proposed merger between the PGA Tour, the powerhouse in the world of golf in this country, and Live Golf, a professional tour that's barely two years old, which has prompted outcries, the merger has, from 9-11 families, defenders of human rights, and all those who remember the horrific murder of the Washington Post journalist Jamal Khashoggi. Live Golf has the backing of the Saudi Sovereign Wealth Fund, known as the Public Investment Fund. And with billions of dollars at its disposal, it has lured top golfers with huge payouts and purses away from the PGA. Critics point to this as just the latest in a number of high-profile big-money schemes on the part of Saudi Arabia to launder its image. Now there's a proposed merger, and that's causing a backlash. My guest, Sarah Lee Whitson, the executive director of Democracy for the Arab World Now, an advocacy group founded by Jamal Khashoggi, put it this way in a quote to The New Yorker's John Cassidy, quote, The PGA Tour had staked its ground on making the moral case against Liv and the Saudis to discover that was nothing but a negotiating tactic to get a higher price for the PGA came as a bit of a shock. Sarah Lee Whitson joins me now to talk about the ethics of the merger and why, even if you don't care about golf, you should care about this. Sarah Lee, welcome to WNYC. Thank you for having me. Remind us how the PGA, as you put it, had staked its ground on making the moral case against Liv and the Saudis. Well, um, the commissioner of PGA Tours uh, is on record and had given press conferences explaining that part of the problem with LIV Golf uh, was that it's owned by Saudi Arabia, a notorious systematic human rights abuser, a murderer of journalists, uh, 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 connected obviously to the 9-11 attack uh, on uh, uh, New York City. Uh, and so the argument uh, uh, challenging players who were signing up with Live Golf was that they were uh, effectively accepting to work for an authoritarian dictatorial government. Uh, and yet now they're selling themselves to this authoritarian dictatorial government. Um, how did the PGA Tour and its commissioner, Jay Monahan, make such a complete 180? I think that's a question better for uh, uh, Jay Monahan and the PGA Tour. But um, what he said in the media is, well, this is just the best value for PGA Tour. I know what I said before, but. And um, it's very clear that the Saudi uh, government, Mohammed bin Salman, threw a number at PGA Tour that they weren't able to say no to. So basically, they sold their values, their values, their beliefs, their principles that they said they had. Uh, were for sale. Uh, we don't know yet how much, but they are clearly have sold them to Saudi Arabia. This is being talked about in the sports media, I think, in general, as a done deal. But then when I scratch below the surface, it's not a done deal. Is it a done deal? Not yet. Um, first of all, the PGA Tour board has to vote on it. So each board member is going to have to put its own stamp of approval 
uh, with their name uh, behind it. Um, second of all, the Justice Department has suggested that they may be doing an antitrust review uh, of the merger. Um, you will note that LIV Golf's lawsuit against PGA Tour was that it was operating as a monopoly. And now, ironically, uh, LIV Golf wants to be part of that monopoly. Uh, so that may be another problem. Uh, a number of senators uh, in Congress uh, have suggested that they have problems uh, with Saudi Arabia owning such an important cultural institutional asset in the United States, particularly because of the real estate ownership um, that this gives. I think it's very important to understand um, that L LIV Gulf isn't just Saudi-backed. It's owned by Mohammed bin Salman and his personal kitty, the public investment fund. It is the 93% owner of LIV Gulf, and we've yet to see how the ownership structure is going to look uh, in the merged entity, um, uh, uh, including DP Tours, uh, the, the golf uh, uh, tour uh, outside of the United States. Um, and so there's going to be uh, some uh, serious congressional scrutiny of this. And they may uh, say that they have national security grounds for opposing the deal. So hmm. they may not be able to stop it, but they could certainly throw some uh, 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 screws in the in the wheels. Yeah, I'm seeing that NBC News reported yesterday that the Justice Department's antitrust division will probe the merger and California Congressman John Garamendi, a Democrat, introduced a bill that would strip the PGA Tour of its tax-exempt status. Um, weird, I guess, that an organization that brings in millions every year retains tax-exempt status, this deal notwithstanding. But I guess they have it because they're not the actual golfers making the money. They're sort of the umbrella organization um, that just facilitates it. Um, well, it's a puzzle to me how PGA Tour has any kind of uh, tax-exempt status. I assume that this is some kind of relic from the past when it was merely sort of a club uh, organizing tours before it evolved into the commercial behemoth that it is today. Um, uh, it, it is a very important vehicle. LIV Golf has been a very important vehicle, and PGA Tour will become a very important vehicle for Mohammed bin Salman to launder money. He will launder money through PGA Tours, through LIV Golf, to pay President Trump. And that is what LIV Golf has been used for uh, since its founding, um, with tens of millions of dollars steered to Donald Trump's golf resorts. Effectively, Mohammed bin Salman paying Donald Trump uh, for uh, uh, golf tours. And now it will be a much, much, much bigger market of golf games that can be steered uh, to Donald Trump for whatever prices they choose to pay. And we have a text from a listener who writes, it is also a direct way to launder money to a certain golf co course owner from his Saudi friends. So obviously referring to Trump. Do you see Trump having a hand in this? Well, um, certainly Trump has been a significant beneficiary of Mohammed bin Salman's payments to him via LIV Golf. Uh, the exact amounts are still unknown, but we know it's been tens of millions of dollars. Uh, he has been basically blacked out by PGA Tour since this LIV Golf uh, uh uh, conflict started. But now that PGA Tour games will come uh, to Trump resorts, now that Mohammed bin Salman will be the ultimate decider of where uh, golf tournaments are held, we can expect that there will be more uh, shifting of business to Trump. 
The other interesting point is 93% uh, of LIV Gulf is owned by Mohammed bin Salman's public investment fund. Who owns the other 7%? We still don't know. Uh, I would wager to guess that there has been some reward scheme in the other 7%. Uh, and I wouldn't be surprised, I'm speculating here, uh, if Trump Golf Resorts owns a piece of LIV Golf and will end up owning a piece of PGA Tours. Huh. As you know, a leader of the group, Democracy for the Arab World Now, taking a step back from just this PGA and Live Golf merger, how much do you think the United States should or shouldn't do business with Saudi Arabia? It's a complicated question for the United States, sort of generation after generation, with some of the things that the Saudis do for and against their own people, for and against the United States. Um, I see that, you know, the Biden administration has been reported recently to be trying to warm up to the Saudis again. Uh, we want the Saudis for various things, um, oil, um, Middle East relations among the countries there. So is it kind of an all or nothing? You know, where, where do you come down? Should we not be doing, you know, some people will argue that there isn't a perfect powerful country in the world and we shouldn't um, just not do business with them. Um, Brian, I think that's a false binary. The question isn't whether or not the United States should be doing business um, with Saudi Arabia and many businesses in Saudi Arabia. There are many ways for the United States to have normal engagement uh, with Saudi Arabia, including business, social, cultural, educational, technological exchanges, uh, transactions, and so forth. Um, the problem is that the United States has an abnormal relationship with Saudi Arabia. We don't just do business with them. We provide them with billions in dollars uh, of, of lethal, destructive weapons, and we provide them with political and security protection uh, that really uh, makes us an aider and a better uh, of the Saudi regime uh, that really makes us complicit in their crimes, including seven years of a catastrophic war in Yemen that has brought tens of millions of people on the brink of starvation and killed over 370,000 people using the weapons we have sold them, using the military assistance we have given them. So this is not about doing business or not doing business. Um, this is about being complicit and supporting a brutal ruthless and reckless dictatorship uh, that has gone around, in addition to, of course, torturing and murdering Jamal Khashoggi, continues to repress and torture and jail uh, 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 activist voices, uh, uh, journalists, writers inside Saudi Arabia that continues to threaten and harass people in the United States, uh, that continues to impose an embargo uh, on Yemen, limiting its ability to import food, fuel, and medicine. Um, and so that is what uh, needs to be reassessed. Now, the Biden administration came in promising, uh, President Biden came in promising uh, to make Saudi Arabia the pariah that they are. Those are his words promising to end arms sales to Saudi Arabia. Uh, and instead, they have done a 180 degree capitulation, uh, completely abandoning their promises, uh, uh, humiliating uh, uh, our country with President Biden appearing on bended knee uh, to fist bump with the murderer, the man responsible 
as our own CAA tells us, uh, uh, for uh, torturing and murdering a journalist, uh, and completely abandoning any of the commitments, uh, any of the realization that providing military and political support to this unhinged sociopath is bad for national security. It's bad for the region, uh, and it's bad for America. And I, I think guess, it was very- I guess supporters Sorry. in the U.S. government would probably say something like, yes, but... Saudi Arabia is our main bulwark in the region against Iran, which is much worse and more of a threat. Maybe Iran plus Israel. I mean, maybe Saudi Arabia plus Israel are the bulwarks, but certainly Saudi Arabia. Um, and um, and so, you know, the world is complicated and we are right to give the Saudi military aid, Saudis military aid for that reason. Well, I would strongly disagree, um, and I would strongly oppose a view that allows the United States to provide military assistance to murderous dictators because they're opposed to a different military, uh, uh, rather murderous dictatorship somewhere else. Um, If the value, if the principle for opposing Iran is that they are committing human rights abuses and that they are uh, committing bad acts in the region, then certainly that's the same principle uh, that would argue argue against uh, not just allying uh, with Saudi Arabia, but providing it with military protection. What the Saudi government wants now is NATO-level bilateral security guarantees from our country. They want us to be the security guards, the boots on the ground to protect uh, their unhinged dictatorship. That's a step too far, and it doesn't serve our interests. Julia on Cape Cod. You're on WNYC. Hi, Julia. Okay, um, I'm outraged about this on the basis of both the connection to the LPGA um, and the PGA's um, a nonprofit 501c3 status. Um, those two things alone are terrifying. I wouldn't want to be a woman in the LPGA that gets subsumed and forced to play in some way connected uh, to, uh, to live. Um, this is outrageous on so many levels. Thank you very much. And here's a couple of um, tweets that have come in. Um, one says, it's sports washing, plain and simple, much like what we saw with the World Cup in Qatar. And to a larger extent, it reflects a failure in U.S. energy policy that these countries in the Middle East loom so large on the public stage. Someone else tweets, there's an episode of Ted Lasso that addresses this. Spoiler, billionaire defeated. But this deal as a Saudi to Trump pipeline is way more interesting, writes another listener. Sarah Lee, would, would you like to tell our listeners a little bit about the work and mission of the group that you're the executive director of, Democracy for the Arab World Now? It's obviously about a lot more than golf. So want to talk about uh, yes, that? Yes, it is. Uh, sure. Thank you. Um, uh, Dawn is a research advocacy and publishing uh, organization um, that is focused on reforming U.S. foreign policy in the Middle East uh, and ending America's support for abusive regimes uh, in uh, the Middle East and North Africa. As a U.S.-based organization, we are focused on the governments with the closest ties to the United States because that's where we believe we can have an impact and that's where we believe we have the greatest responsibility uh, as Americans. 
Um, we seek to hold culprits accountable and we seek to hold lobbyists for abusive governments uh, who are here in the United States accountable uh, for contributing to human rights abuses and benefiting from human rights abuses uh, for a few dollars. Uh, we are opposed to weapons transfers to abusive governments in the Middle East. Uh, and we think that the uh, uh, longstanding U.S. policy uh, of supporting unaccountable abusive dictatorships in the Middle East uh, is bad for American interests and disastrous for the interests of the people in the region. It hinders democracy, uh, doesn't promote it. Let me ask you one last question before you go. Um, are you appealing to the golfers on the PGA Tour, especially the big-name golf golfers, to take a stand on this? I know there's been some focus on Rory McIlroy, uh, who um, I'm reading from uh, the sports site Bleacher Report now. And it says, Rory McIlroy isn't happy about the merger between Live Golf and the PGA Tour, but he told reporters he's resigned himself to money being the ultimate driver to professional sports. And then it has a quote of him, at the end of the day, money talks and you'd rather have them as a partner, uh, though he has previously said he hates Live Golf. Uh, there's the quote. I still, whoops, uh, this just popped off my screen, but there was another quote that said, I hate I still hate live golf. So are you disappointed in Rory McIlroy in particular, who I think might have been a leading voice uh, against live when it first formed and did not join that tour or any other big name golfer and put some responsibility on them? Well, uh, absolutely. I would put an individual responsibility on them because they have a choice. You know, they're not starving for their last dollar to, to save their family from hunger. Um, these are very wealthy people who are choosing to prioritize greed uh, over principles and values. Uh, I suppose there's nothing new there. And I'm very disappointed, obviously, in PGA Tours, which uh, by being owned by Saudi Arabia is contributing to the abuses in Saudi Arabia and is benefiting from the abuse in Saudi Arabia. But it's really hard uh, to demand that U.S. businesses uh, take a more ethical stand when, unfortunately, uh, the behavior that the Blinken administration is modeling uh, is not much better because they have given the green light to American businesses uh, to reestablish a cozy relationship with Mohammed bin Salman when you have every senior official of the Biden administration uh, 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 appearing uh, uh, before uh, uh, Mohammed bin Salman uh, smiling for the cameras, shaking his hand, uh, he's been rehabilitated by our own president, by our own government. Um, so unfortunately, I spare my largest condemnation for the Biden administration. They could have made a different choice. They could have invested more in energy alternatives rather than allow us to remain beholden to cheap oil. Uh, but instead, they have taken the most politicized, expedient, cheap and harmful way out. Sarah Lee Whitson is Executive Director of Democracy for the Arab World Now, or DAWN, founded by Jamal Khashoggi. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Brian Lehrer, A Daily Politics Podcast, is an excerpt from my live daily radio show, The Brian Lehrer Show, on WNYC Radio, 10 a.m. to noon Eastern Time, if you want to listen live at WNYC.org. Thanks for listening today. Talk to you next time.